Okay, so John, did you grow up in Texas? Man, now I've been here since '94. I'm from Louisiana. Okay, that's long enough and south enough. Six years, yeah. It's I've been here long enough. It was basically Louisiana, Florida, and then here. Okay, so can you confirm or deny? And Tom, you can weigh in on this because I think you've been there long enough now too. But in Texas, beans and chili is a faux pas. Man, there is there is a certain gentleman that listens to our podcast quite a bit and is on our thread and will fight you for this because he says <laughs> if you put beans in it, it's soup. And I say I don't really care if you put beans in it. As a matter of fact, I've been known to put three different kinds of beans in my chili before. That's crazy talk. Calm yourself down. I feel like it's got to be a key ingredient, though, right? Like, it's got to be at least one. I mean, you know, three kinds. Okay, you know, we're having a party, but. At least a black like bean, chili. right? Yeah, right. It doesn't feel like chili if you don't have at least one. I, you guys from I Texas can't tell are nuts. You, I can't tell you if I've ever put black beans in chili. I definitely do like red kidney beans. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe sure. So still a bean. bean. Still yeah. a bean. I, I'm, yeah. I am bean chili guy. Okay, but so I, when does it? I don't do only bean. It has to have meat in it. Yeah, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. we're not we're not vegetarians here. Yeah, there's there's no Nazis here. Come on now. <laughs> okay, so when does it I'm become have to bleep soup? that out? I'm right certain. Now. <laughs> it's the it's the IPA talking already. <laughs> yeah, only, yeah, yeah. Only psychopaths eat meatless chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should I play the? I guess I'll play the intro now. Yeah, let's do it. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Uh, Why is this not working? It works great. This is the only song. I keep clicking different things, and this is the only song that's playing. It's the only song that's queued up for the rest of the year. Oh, my gosh. All right. This should work. Oh, yeah. Okay. I really like this song. We scared the listeners. Really, like Everybody it. was uh, freaking out that it was already Saturday and the race was already over. I can play it again. Uh... <laughs> All right. Only 24 more times. All right. Well, let's start it again. Here we go. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Soft, Hard, and Wet F1 podcast with Tom Delicati, John White, and Brady King. We're going to have our Bahrain preview this week and talk a little bit about testing, maybe a little DTS. So, I guess we're going to just dive right in. Did you guys consume any Bahrain testing from last week. Did you subscribe to Sky Sports F1? Did you press the red button on your SkyQ or SkyGlass customer remote? And did you watch all of the up to 20 onboards during the entire testing time last week? Lay it on me, John. Did you watch any testing? I did. I did watch some testing. Not a lot. I didn't listen. Testing to me is uh, it's like preseason football. It's not the most exciting thing, and it's not always the best indicator of how a team is going to perform during the season, but if they can't get the basics right, then you know we've got some issues, and so I took it with a grain of salt. See, and I figure like we get, I feel like we get that same reaction 
every race weekend with like FP1 or FP2. We're like, oh, I'm not really sure how things are going to shake out this week because I pay attention to practice, but it's one of those things that I like just have on in the background. I'm not actively participating in what what is happening on the practice. Do you agree? It's practice. I'm talking about a game. It's practice. That's right. I don't know. The Brady, how about you? Did you thing. watch any testing? I watched maybe about 10 minutes of it. I, I read a bunch. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, maybe not a bunch, but uh, enough. But I didn't really watch a ton because we got a bunch of races coming up. And like you said, uh, I'd rather watch FP1, FP2 than watch practice from preseason. Man, I can't get over how nice your hair looks. It's really nice. I feel like it looks different this week than it did last week, but not like you cut it again. It's almost like, did you just shower and blow dry it? It's really uh, nice. I didn't blow dry it. Do you ever blow dry your hair? No. This is hot opinion. Just conditioner. The people want to know. Just conditioner and just let it go. Dang. I'd kill for that head of hair. (laughs) (laughs) I need to raise in some open cockpits here. We just get that blown in the the wind. Yeah. I, I didn't watch any testing. I just caught clips of what was posted online. Uh, little tidbits here and there. I tried to consume a few um other podcasts of people who i feel like are smarter than i am which is practically the entire western world (laughs) but uh i don't know if we can read anything from this like did you come to any conclusions on your side after you watched and read articles and anything like that did did something uh strike you as different from since the last time we talked i had one uh, and not that I expected them to be really good, but I'm actually really concerned because they're much worse than I predicted was Alpine. Alpine looked really bad. <laughs> like you can't win in practice. You might lose. <laughs> and they, I think they might have lost. It did look pretty bad. Yeah. I, I feel bad for for your boy, Pierre. Yeah. It's going to be a rough season. Well. Hopefully not, but it doesn't look like a great start to the season, at least. Can we take a slight detour here, since we're talking about Alpine, and talk about our pronunciations? Yeah. Can we talk about pronunciations? Let's have pronunciation (laughs) talk. Let's go for it. Mm, mm, mm. The water's warm. Let's dive right in. So it it is definitely Alpine and not Alpine. And I can't remember who was uh, making that fashion faux pas this week, Um, but there's, there's been a little bit of that going around, a little bit of discussion in our text group. Uh, about uh, pronunciations and us, us dumb Americans that can't get it right. Alpine seems to be the easiest one, though. Is it Alpine? Like, in the States, is it really? I mean, I say Alpine, but is it really Alpine? Or I don't Alpine? think I've ever called it Alpine. Well, I Alpine mean, was are, a you radio about, are you talking about the, the, air- for, or the Formula One team, or are we talking about just the word Alpine? Because, like, forest <laughs> products. Mm-hmm. You have an alpine forest. Well, there's an it's alpine a, Texas. It's not an alpine forest. It's not an yes, alpine yes, yes. Texas. So the same spelling, but it, it's almost like you have to put the French dialect, the French uh, accent on it. Do we have to? I mean, it's we. I don't think I've heard any of us say garage. No, That's but true. you can't say alpine. That's just wrong. Can well, I tell you another one that I struggle yeah. with? And, and I feel like just because... All of the content that we hear is more British. I struggle with saying, like even trying to say garage, like it just doesn't sound right because every other word that I say leading up to it has doesn't have any of that British twang to it. It's got 
it's it's like I'm just hitting you, slapping you in the face with one British word in the middle of an American sandwich. And another one I struggle with here is Sergio Perez. I feel like I should just be saying Perez. Like it's very natural for me to just say Perez. That should be the first thing that comes out of my mouth. I think that's one that I could get wrong. I feel like I said just Perez a lot, but I don't think I've ever said Alpine. Yeah, I've never said Alpine. I say Ocon, and I think you're supposed to pronounce it Ocon. Hmm. This is riv- this is a riveting conversation. Yeah. This is it's really the same stuff. thing with uh, <laughs> well, with his fur with Esteban. It's Esteban, not Esteban. If you're okay, gonna that say sounded, it correctly, I feel like that that's at least really in the good. ballpark, though, right? You can. I don't think anybody would fault you for that. What about Esteban? Nope, mm, Esteban yeah. is definitely not correct. I think that's right out. It's where you put the emphasis on the right syllable. <laughs> Esteban. How much anyway. aluminum, aluminum parts aluminium? do you have? Ooh, yes. Aluminium. Okay, that's one we should probably change because it sounds so much cooler, though. Like garage <laughs> does not, but... I, I don't like garage. Aluminium? Alu- aluminium? That sounds awesome. Reminds me of Terminator 2. I don't know how to wrap up pronunciation talk, but I think we're going to do it now. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk quickly about, uh, before we get into our Bahrain heavy hitting talk, let's talk a little bit about Drive to Survive Season 6. And I wanted to ask you guys, how far have you gotten? How many episodes have you consumed? Where have you stopped at this point? I, on Friday evening, poured myself a hot cup of tea. And I got the first three episodes in, season six, episode one, two, and three, before I could no longer stay awake because it was 9.45 and I am old. They were great. First three episodes, riveting. I know that we've seen some previews on the uh, the upcoming ones, and I think once we start getting into uh, a little bit more of the season, it'll be fantastic. But first three episodes, I, I wanted to start a fourth, but I couldn't stay awake. So that's you're you're done after the I think episode three was the McLaren episode. It was okay, which was great because it reminded me. You know, we were talking about well, we were. Doctor King was talking about Alpine. I'm making the switch. Don't care. Um, <laughs> and how bad they look in testing, and it, and then watching the McLaren episode reminded me how bad that car was at the beginning of the season. But they admitted, and I had it, forgotten. Right? They knew Do it I? was coming, though. But they admitted to it. They knew that that car was bad, and they knew there were upgrades coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But totally it was just like... It, it, yeah, yes, it, definitely right. a different story. But it remind, I was like, man, I forgot how terrible they were. And then also, I guess it slipped my mind that like Lando was... There was a lot of rumors flowing, floating around about Lando. And like, was he going to stick with Zach, even though there were some other teams that would gladly have him, And it was, it, I, that's one of the things I really like about it is there's, I feel like the season is jam packed with so much stuff that a lot of times we forget the ins and outs of how things played out. And you get reminded of that and you're like, Oh crap, I forgot about that. Okay. Really interesting. The thing that I really like so far about drive to survive season six is it's not that they're manufacturing drama. It's just, they're not spending a ton of time on, the dominance of Red Bull. Like everybody knew that happened. We didn't, we don't have to tell you about the dominance of Red Bull. I'm sure Red Bull's going to get their own episode and we're going to see all the ins and outs of the, the drama associated with, uh, Perez. (laughs) I like it. I like it. But so far 
we've been able to like dive into what's been happening further down the pecking order. And I think that that's what makes Formula One great is because every position in the table matters. Every position, one through 10 in the Constructors Championship matters. And I like that they're spending time on where they were last year, where they're what they're doing this year. Uh, like starting off, I feel like episode one starting off with Aston Martin was absolutely great. That was the best way to start this season because Aston Martin came out of nowhere and had a very, very good start to the season in 2023. Mm-hmm. Did it, did watching it in that fashion and them not spending a ton of time on Red Bull, does that reinvigorate or refocus how you go into this season, especially after testing, knowing that Red Bull is going to be fantastic again? Does it, does it change the way you, you start the season? Like I can, I can see the other storylines and I can see um, how things are unfolding in other areas on the track and appreciate that I don't have to have a battle at the front. Would I love to see a battle at the front? Does it make it way more interesting? Absolutely. But I don't need that in order to, to enjoy and consume this sport. Brady, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so first, I watched all of it. and I'm done. What? We powered through it. Yeah, that was a... You're like the Max Verstappen of Drive to Survive, man. Like the rest of us are still waiting for the race to start here. If we could all live Brady's life. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to spoil anything about the last few episodes, so we'll stay away from that. Uh, But if you are new to F1 and you're watching Drive to Survive for the first time, then not having the focus be on Red Bull doesn't take anything away from this season. If they had focused on Red Bull, it might make this season like kind of boring, right? Like you already knew it was bad last year. It's predicted to be like that again this year. Uh, so do I really need to watch? Uh, but they're not really the focus. So that's great. Uh, I think they're, you know, if you're new to it and this is how you're getting into it, perfect time to join. I had some some interesting thoughts and feelings about Drive to Survive I'll stick to the first three episodes because that's the common denominator. Like John is just weighing us down here because he can't get through more than three episodes in a weekend. Wow. (laughs) Episode four, I thought was really, really good. The Haas Williams episode. I really enjoyed that. It had my favorite quote of the season in there. Oh, for sure. I I wrote down a couple, but I won't share them right now. Um, Oh, I want to hear the quote. Just let me know. I got two. Can we go back to episode one first? Yeah, go ahead, Brady. Okay, so Lance Stroll talking about his dad, saying yeah. how he's a great friend of mine. We go way back. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> some would say to the beginning, Lance. Some would say- <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably one of the few times that people were laughing with him instead of at him. with that. Yeah. Oh, shots fired. I know. I'm sorry. What what were your other quotes, Brady? Uh, the other one I really want to focus on was uh, so in episode four. So they're they're comparing and contrasting, right? Gunter and James. Bones, oh right? yes, I wrote this down too. Yeah, and so James is talking about what he wants for breakfast, and he's standing at one of their little like the you know the the courtesy tent things or whatever on on the paddock, and he's talking about getting like a an orange smoothie or something. And he's worried about getting his avocado. Yeah. Avocado toast. Yeah. And he doesn't want to get it all on his, on his shirt and he doesn't want to get it all sloppy or whatever. And then there's a snap cut to Gunter and Gunter's like, I ate a whole mess of Chipotle last night. (laughs) 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 
Uh. Oh man, that was really good. I I did I did find it interesting, like during that little breakfast interchange with James Wiles, because he was asking for tea with honey, because they asked if he wanted coffee. He's like, "No, I don't drink coffee until Sunday." Yep. And his explanation was like, if you have caffeine all the time, then you just need caffeine to be in a normal state instead of using caffeine to be in an elevated state, which I find interesting, mainly because I have a chemical dependency on caffeine and I consume an ungodly amount of it. And he's right. I need it to just function on a normal level at this point, which is kind of a sad commentary. Yeah, but but he doesn't have to say it and make me feel bad about it. How much caffeine would you say you consume on a daily basis? I would say, and, and I don't know exactly the milligram count here, but I drink a two liter of Diet Mountain Dew a day. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm at like five to six cups of black coffee a day. Okay. You probably have me beat, actually, because coffee has way more caffeine than my diet soda. Yeah, but a two liter of, of Mountain Dew is pretty, that's pretty hefty. I bet we should probably calculate that one day and see. Not that I'm trying to compete. I just feel bad only being three episodes in, so I'm trying to beat you guys at something today. And my caffeine intake will do it. How many, How big are your cups of coffee? Are they eight ounce? Uh, they well, now we're going on size two. We're measuring size. All right, uh, eight ounces. Let's go with eight. Eight's a good number. Ninety-five milligrams. So it's almost that's four 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 seventy-five. Four seventy-five. That's what I got. Okay, Mountain Dew. How much caffeine do you have? Diet Mountain Dew. Diet. 34 milligrams. Okay, 54 milligrams in a 12 ounce. Oh, great. Now we've got to convert ounces to liters. Mm-hmm. What is this, sixth grade science? I'd like a liter of cola. I don't <laughs> want a large farva. I want a, <laughs> a liter of cola. We don't have liters of cola. It's for a cop. <laughs> One liter. Okay, so two liters... Yeah, 67 ounces. 67 <laughs> divided by 12. So I'm having 5.58 servings and times 54. 301 milligrams, buddy. You got me 475 to 301. Oh, man. Well, maybe I should Can cut I? back on the caffeine. Oh, I mean, if we learned anything to. from Dry to Survive, James would say so. No, the the other drive to survive notes I had was, that I found interesting. One is the they're bringing in Danica Patrick for a lot of commentary. There's a lot of hate flowing around, but I didn't have as much of a problem. I the Will Buxton stuff started to get on my nerves. Okay, a little bit. okay, that was another thing I wrote down. So I tend to not enjoy much Will Buxton at all, but I'm with you. Really? Like throughout the season, I don't really. He doesn't fill my heart with joy to see tweets and articles from Will Buxton. But for some reason, he just works with Drive to Survive. Like when, when I'm watching Drive to Survive and I see Will Buxton, it's like I've it's like I got my cozy little blanket, like I'm at home. Like I'm supposed to be watching Will Buxton now. I'm supposed to be appreciating him. And I do. I really have enjoyed coming back to season six and seeing some Will Buxton. There was a little bit of hyperbole that I, I can't stand. Uh, I don't think you've made it to the season. He had a great quote, though. He had an absolutely great one? quote in uh, episode four, the Haas Williams one, where he said, 
Haas isn't even bringing a knife to a gunfight. They're bringing a spoon. To bring <laughs> yeah, that was a, a really spoon. good one. Yeah, yeah, yep. I haven't even gotten to episode four, and I've seen that one floating around. That was a good one. He does really well on that, and so and I thought Danica did far better on DTS than she did on any of the interviews last year. Like in any of her live stuff, it seemed like she fumbled quite a bit, but in the series, she seems to be doing a lot better. And the uh, the resurgence of Claire Williams. Mm. How do you feel I liked about it. this? I liked it. I was I was actually asking Brady. Brady, can you share your thoughts first before right. John interrupts me? Yeah, before sure. uh, before you get all excited. <laughs> no, I, I actually liked her a lot. I think uh, another a good outsider's perspective, right? But someone that we're familiar with. Um, and she has a lot of good, valuable information to share, uh, and especially on some of the teams that were like. Specifically, when it comes to like Williams, obviously, you know, she has a, an invested interest, as it were. But um, no, I, I thought all of her all of her takes were really well, uh, were really well thought out. Um, it, nothing felt like awkward or anything. I thought she did a really good job. All right, John, why don't you share your thoughts? I agree. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought she was really insightful, too. I really appreciated having her back on the show. I like her because there's some of the other people, like some of the, the, the CEOs, some of the, the team principals that are clearly playing the politics game. And she has such a passion for the sport and it's sort of lost on some people, right? We're just playing the politics game. We're playing the popularity contest or whatever. And she doesn't really get too involved in that. And she seems to just really be passionate about the racing and it's, yeah. it's lacking. So it's nice to have her come back. I like that a lot. No, I'm excited to plow through the rest of the episodes. The Mercedes one's been pretty good so far. I feel like the way they're handling this with the content that they had recorded and how they're playing the Lewis contract negotiation piece and his relationship with Toto, his history with Mercedes, I feel like the way they're presenting that to us is really, really good, even though we all know that it was, you know, they're. I don't know if they're trying to re-edit it or tried to doctor it before it came out, given the Ferrari news, but I feel like they're handling it really well. It's interesting because I had forgotten that there's like, there's two contracts really, right? Cause the one that we're watching mm. in DTS is his last contract. And that's then there's his the whole Mercedes thing. With, yeah, that's his yeah. Mercedes contract, his current one. And then there's all the Ferrari stuff. So, Hey, why don't you slam your fist on the table a few more times? I'm not picking that up on the mic enough. Mm, yeah. I'll, thank you. Well, I'll try a little bit harder next time. <laughs> it this seems, is a, this is the fun stuff I get to edit out. <laughs> oh, there you go. It seems in the beginning of DTS, it, it you were kind of either Team Toto or Team Christian. And being a Red Bull supporter, I found myself supporting Christian more than Toto. But d- did y'all catch the comment? And I know we've seen him do this before, but when Fred and Toto are hanging out and talking in, what was that episode, maybe two or three, and Toto's just having a casual conversation in French with Fred because they've been friends for so long. And like, just perfect French dialect and joking around. And and every time I see him in a situation like that, I become more and more impressed with Toto, like as a person, like how intelligent he is, how he applies himself. I'm not saying that I'm, I don't think I need to support one more than the other. It's just my, my affinity for Toto has increased having watched that interaction between the two of them. No, I think you're right. I, uh, wait till you get to the Mercedes episode. Right. I don't think I could be a team principal considering all the languages you have to speak. Can't do it. 
What you lack in language, you make up for in hair. <laughs> so. Every time I see Pierre also, I like, especially when he's standing next to or, uh, Okan, Akan, how we want to say it correctly here. You're doing great. I, uh, thank you. Uh, he's like taller than I expect, but then he's standing next to other people that then are taller than him in a way that like I did not expect them to be that tall. Like Esteban's a lot taller than I thought. And it makes it the Pierre tallest look, guy on the grid. It's weird, right? Because he doesn't like a lot. I feel like a lot of the shots that I see of him don't give that perspective. But the tallest guy on the grid at like what five ten or eleven? I say that like I'm six three, but <laughs> I don't think that any of them are exceptionally tall. He is six foot one. Okay. No. Get out of here with that. No, he's gotta be like six four. Is that in metric? Are you looking at centimeters? <laughs> Met- Right, yes. <laughs> it does say six foot one in American. So Pierre Gasly, five ten. Lance Stroll, Al- six foot. I don't Alban's believe that. Six one. How I feel like Lance Russell? bought an extra few. Yuki, five three. I love Poor it. Fella. <laughs> <laughs> wow. George Russell's six one. Yeah, these all these guys. I believe that. George looks tall and lanky. Mm-hmm. Nico's <laughs> Uh, Nico's over six foot two. No, it says right here. That's because he's an American team. Esteban, George, Nico, and Lance are are six foot or taller. This is good trivia. We should be uh we should be capturing this for some more uh Q and A later this season. See how much you retain and remember. I will not. Driver I will not retain this. trivia. I guess I assume they were all under six foot, like jockeys. Like the smaller you are, the better. Chances you have of carrying less weight? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think the lighter you are, but I don't know if it's the shorter you are. How does Yuki see over the dash? He's got a booster seat. Yeah, it's like a little phone book down there. <laughs> it's He's got like it's, the little hemorrhoid pad. It, it's the size of a phone book, but it's made out of aluminum. <laughs> A <laughs> couple of blocks on his feet, and he's just right. pedaling away. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I want to move on now to our, our predictions, but before I do, there were some things that I'm going to jump all the way back to Bahrain testing to talk about. How did you feel after day one when Max was over a second clear of the field? Devastated. John just shrugged his shoulders. For, I, I for mean, our, yeah. for our audio only listeners, John just shrugged his shoulders. Yeah, cue, watch uh, it on the live the, feed. Uh, the, the music from earlier, right, Tom? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's not surprising. We're we're three seasons in after major changes, so no one's going to roll. Well, hopefully, although that doesn't seem to be the case for Alpine uh, and a few others, nobody should roll out an automobile that just completely fails. And if RB nineteen was fantastic you're gonna guess that rb20 is gonna be probably just as fantastic i don't think that it was any any surprise to anyone i think ferrari rolled out a fantastic automobile they should be proud of what they're putting out there people also saw that you know mercedes is probably going to have something a little bit more competitive at the beginning of the season than they did last year um but i don't think anybody was surprised the one that jumped out to me the, the two were Kick Sauber Steak F1 and VCARB RB. I feel like those two teams showed that they have more promise to be fighting right around that number five constructor place 
I don't know if they'll do it all year, but it wouldn't surprise me if both or, you know, even just one of those cars was scoring decent points this weekend. It's a crowded midfield right now. I mean, really, if you look at like the top, you could say, honestly, the Red Bull looks like it's in kind of a league of its own. And I think Ferrari's kind of nipping at their heels. I think we thought that McLaren might be wait, right wait, up wait, there. Wait, how can Red Bull be in a league of its own, but Ferrari nipping at their heels? That would insinuate I think that Ferrari's in their league nipping at their heels. So can you clarify, please? Okay. I think taking into account what people were saying before the season and the expectations for Ferrari, and then what you actually saw during practice, we thought that maybe Ferrari would be right there. But Red Bull does seem to have... We, there was questions about the they've car because they've gone. To, they've got more, right? We they were t- bringing out a, whole, a kind of a different concept, and we didn't know did they fall backwards or did they like leap up. It looks like they've leapt up again, which is a little rough. But Ferrari's up there, and then the problem for Ferrari, like last year, was that over a single lap they're a rocket ship, and the question is is whether or not like they're gonna destroy the tires, ruin the car during the race, and whether or not they'll have to fall back to the pack. So the problem that you've got is you really could have Ferrari, McLaren. Mercedes. I think we all thought that that was going to be like the next little pack, but honestly, Aston's right there. Arby's is right there. Steak oh, is kind of coming them, up. Oh, Yuki's. Can we call them They're Arby's? The, yeah, the Arby's are the Yuki's, right? I, I like I Arby's. I actually like Arby's. Arby's? Arby's. We've got the meats. They've got the beef. Oh, man. <laughs> this is this is great. I want to stick with Arby's for the rest of the year. All right, we got it. I want to talk so, about beef and cheddar. The- <laughs> little horsey sauce. Right. Whatever happened to the five for five? Oh man, some curly fries. Great. Inflation. That's why there's no five for five. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm all in on fifty. Yuki's Arby's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I like it. Okay, so there's seven teams there, right? That are kind of like the midfield, and I'm sure it'll spread out a little bit. But before the first race, I honestly, predicting the midfield is really hard right now. There, there's a whole mess of, of teams right there. Well, once again, shows us that Vegas knows infinitely more than we do because what we were what we were saying about steak and Arby's and all the mm-hmm. other meat teams out there, we could we didn't see how they were going to make a jump, and after testing, we're going, man, this midfield looks a little bit more decent than we thought, which is the best yeah. possible thing that could happen for the sport. As many teams competing in that midfield as possible, I think is going to be fantastic for the season, and whatever Red Bull does, they do. And hopefully someone can compete with them, mm-hmm. um, at least for a few races. I mean, if Ferrari can jump up there, that would be fantastic. If M- McLaren can find their way around, that would be amazing as well. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, but we hope. The big question for me, I-, I think that there are multiple cars who could have the ability to take a pole position at any one of these races. I think there is enough competition on a one-lap pace that pole position will be more more up in the air this year than it was last year. But in terms of converting that to an entire race, I am still deathly afraid of Red Bull winning races by 20, 30, 40 seconds. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. But that was that was our little bit of you know, dance back to to testing talk. Uh, signs wound up setting the fastest lap of the weekend. Now you can read in, in all the tire adjusted and time adjusted and figure out who was actually fastest, but go consume other people's content for that if you want it. 
If you want to know how to make chili, also don't we're, come here. We're yeah, your, we're here for the We're meats. your trusted source on meat products. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the last segment that we're going to do tonight is something that we're going to do for every preview of every race. So we're going to do another one next week for Jetta, but we are going to make our predictions. Now, a lot of other podcasts or pundits, they will do, here's our podium, here's our uh, pole position, You know, who's going to finish first, second, third. John and I did a little bit of this last year. But we wanted to come up with something different, something that was a little unique to us. And we don't know if anybody else is doing it this way, but this is what we've decided on. So each of us will pick all 20 drivers every week. Now, we're not going to try and predict which order they finish in. We're going to group them together. So we're going to pick our top five, and they can finish in any order in that top five. We're going to pick our bottom five and they can finish in any order there or not finish at all. So if somebody DNFs, they're in the bottom five. And then the assumption is the the rest of the drivers fall in that midfield. And we get one point each per driver who finishes in the group we picked them in. So if my bottom five is Hamilton, Piastri, Ricardo, Stroll, and Albon, and only three of them finish in the bottom five, I get three points. Same thing for the top five, same thing for the middle 10. So there are 20 points available any race week for each of us. And we're going to keep track throughout the whole season. So theoretically, there's a 480-point maximum. Now, we talked about the idea of having something worth more, but we didn't vet this out before getting on, on, <laughs> getting on the recording tonight. So you might hear us just kind of talk through this and figure out if it's worthwhile to do something. I like the idea of, of a of a three-pointer where you have one prediction that if it comes true, it's worth three points. So it's kind of like a... Uh, it's a, a money long, ball. It's a long shot. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's a money ball. But I don't know how we validate... You would have to have the other two be in, a, in complete agreement, right? Because if one of us agrees, like if Brady's going to go long ball... And I say, yeah, that sounds about right. And Tom says, nope, that's that's not acceptable. Then the tiebreaker obviously can't be Brady because he's going to say, no, I think <laughs> no, we this have is to, acceptable. Well, we well, have to about agree. It, like, the other two people have to agree that it's a long shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we get I kind of like the idea of just having one per week. It's uh, just one, uh, one uh, chuck it up from the cheap seats. And if you, Going into if you make it, you make it. Yeah. But... Is there enough craziness that we could all get different ones every week? I don't know. The only way to know is to try, right? Honestly, it, it I, as much as I like was initially like, eh, I don't know if I like that. I think that might be the best way to do it just because it would be a really burdensome thing to just keep track of. Like, well, how many <laughs> have you had? How many do you have left or anything like that? You know what I mean? I just don't want to keep track of that. I'm lazy. So I'd rather just allow you to take a three-pointer. The odds are it's not going to hit. So I'm totally fine with you taking it. D- yeah. Does your three-pointer have to align with your other strategies? Like I could put Max in my top five, but also say Max will DNF. 
And no, so I'm like, good with either that. way, I'm getting points. You can hedge your bets. You can hedge your bets. That's fine. Oh, this is a good question though. Can you put can you put one of the same drivers in your top five and your bottom five? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you no. probably could. Like if it no, was Ferrari, no, no. you're like, hey, we could go either way. No. They might not finish. I, I think you have to pick one or the other because we're ranking all 20 drivers in theory. And so Do they have to if you finish put... the race? No. No. They, no. Okay. They'd be in the bottom five. So I'm fine with that. Formula1.com okay. is, the, is the authority figure here. They will set the order, finished one through whatever. Yeah, there's a steak dinner on the line here. Let's go. It's got to be worth get more right. than that. And okay, so this is what we talked about. Let's talk about bet payoff. Mm-hmm. So, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I think we agreed on the winner. Sorry, Brady, we decided this without you on the <laughs> telephone the other day. <laughs> so the winner gets okay. So over the course of the season, whoever scores the most points gets to choose a piece of memorabilia or apparel from their favorite team. And the other two people have to pay for it. Love it. So just so you guys know, my memorabilia will be one ticket to Coda with a Red Bull. No, I'm just playing. I don't hospitality pass. (laughs) Yeah. One hospitality pass. Twelve thousand dollars. My memorabilia will be one RB nineteen parked in my garage. We should put a dollar limit on this. I just don't want to sort through that right now. So let's just assume we will put some sort of uh, healthy limit on this by the end of the season. Okay. So now that we've got that settled, we just spent 20 minutes describing the entire freaking thing. Um, (laughs) We we want the listeners to know how this works. Otherwise, they can't play along from the joys of their sofa or car. All right. So... We're going to pick top fives and bottom fives. We're not going to tell you who was in the midfield because everybody else is in the midfield. And I've, man, I haven't even gotten like a way to figure out scoring here. Like I've got to make a spreadsheet and all that nonsense. But let's start with Brady. Why don't you tell us either top five or bottom five? You pick. Okay. I'm going to start with the top five. So I'm going to go (sighs) with. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. There was an interruption. Did anybody hear that? Looking around. Okay, uh, Max, Perez, uh, I want Sergio, George, and Lando. That's going to be my top five. You just said Max, Perez, and yep. Sergio. So those are uh, acting like those I'm are sorry, two different people. I'm sorry, Carlos. I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. It's like two weeks in a row. Carlos, thank you. I'd like Perez and Sergio, And Sergio, please. thank you. I hate to break it to you, but you've only got four available <laughs> I've got points. Four now. drivers. You, Try you again. Didn't, you didn't pick five. All right. So go over that again. You got okay. Verstappen, Perez. You got Max and Perez. Yep. And then I want Carlos. We got that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, George and Lando. All right. John, why don't you give me your top five? Top five. Easy for me. Max, Checo. Man, I feel like I'm mimicking you here a little bit. I really like Carlos. I really like Lando, and I think Lewis Hamilton will do quite well. Mm. Okay, I'm pretty close to you guys. I've got Max. I've got both Red Bulls, both Ferraris, and mm. I'm struggling with 
who's going to be that next fastest car? All right, I'm going to go with Lando. Why not? There you go. Okay. That a boy. Bottom five, Brady. Uh, okay, so let's go Logan. Uh, sorry, Logan. It's going to happen. Uh, brutal. Yeah. Both Haas. Uh, give me Lance and give me Zhao. Okay. John. Both Haas. Not Botas. Okay, so wait, yeah, Botas and both Haas. Bo- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ocon. I hate to do this because I like him, but Yuki is probably going to wreck. Mm. Mm. Sorry. Calling Yuki. your shot already. No, I'm not using that as my shot. I'm just saying, mm. like, he's he rounds out the bottom five. No Williams yeah. in the bottom five, huh? Ooh. No, I think that Logan might have spun out in testing, but he's really got it under control. No, he doesn't. See, I was paying attention. This is where you snap to next week, and we play that clip <laughs> right before. <laughs> so, John, how'd it go? <laughs> I was paying attention in testing to the number of laps completed, and Haas was at the top of that list. They know most about their car right now, based on if we're taking number of laps as the metric for knowing most about your car. I think that we won't see Haas in the bottom five. Hmm. I think you will see them in 14th and 15th. Just squeaking by, huh? No, I'm, I got to put, I got to put one of them in there and I think it's going to be Hulkenberg. He's a little bit taller, carrying a little bit more weight, right? Hulkenberg's going to be in the bottom five. I definitely can see one, if not both, Alpines in the bottom five, likely because they're just going to hit each other. Yep. I'm going to go <laughs> Akon in the bottom five. Okay. I'm going to go Logan in the bottom five. The bottom five seems a lot harder yeah. than the top. Well, it seems mm, like you I have gotta, to make more, ch- like you got to take a chance on the bottom five because yeah. that's where you're going to make up the points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it Hence takes, no it, somebody could just wreck out, right? Yeah. I'm going to take Lance in the bottom five. And I'm going to take, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that George Russell finishes in the bottom five. Mm. What? Yeah. What? And I'm going to say, I'll put Magnuson in there. All right, fine. I'll put right. both Haas. But my shot, my shot is Russell. I think that's a. I have a feeling he's gonna. I have a feeling that someone near the top, or who should be near the top, is either gonna struggle, or like, do you remember Bahrain last year? Lando had five freaking pit stops and finished seventeenth or something like that. Oh, I remember because I just watched mm-hmm. the drive to survive. There you go. Just yeah, watched exactly. it on Friday. So somebody's gonna have that type of race where they either just completely flounder or enough damage happens. So is that your three point shot is George in the bottom? If you guys are saying it's worth it, I'm going to take that as my three pointer. Well, does it turn it into four points then? Cause wasn't he your fifth? Well, I can change my pick if you guys agree to it. No, I think that's okay, but I think we have to vet that. So John, do we accept as a chuck it from the cheap seats of a prediction of somebody just wrecking out? I feel like this is like roulette. You are taking 
It's like I'm putting a little bit of you're money. Putting here. money on, on one number here. Does it come up? And you're gonna say George Rex? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll accept it. I kind of want to say no just to be a jerk. <laughs> All right, but since Tom has been so kind to us during this episode and giving us leeway with our microphone issues, I will say yes. But remember this when I go to make my pick. Just saying. So then I'm going to say George will finish in the bottom five, but then that's worth six. No, wait, uh, four? It's worth four. So can we actually, so, all right, I, I think we should make an adjustment. I'll have an adjustment for your pick. You're saying George wrecks like, or like blows an engine or something like that. Not just struggles. He has to, he has to DNF. Oh, I don't know if I want to buy Ooh, that. Thank you, Brady. Because I felt like I left that door open. Like he could have a Lando <laughs> race with five pit stops and still finish and be fine. But if he wrecks or like DNF, okay, maybe that's the maybe that's the classification. It's like if he classifies and finishes 18th, that doesn't count for my three pointer. He has to DNF, is what you're saying. Uh, I mean, whatever the classification, I'm not worried about that. If he just doesn't make it the full race distance and he's out, if they retire the car, we give it to okay. him. Okay. So George so, will either wreck okay, or retire yeah. the car is what we're saying here. I think so. I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. Accepted. Stamp it. All right. So then do I have to pick another person to be in my bottom five? Or... No, I think you're okay with that. Okay. You would probably want to, though, because yeah, that's I your three-pointer. You're like, you're losing out on a point by not putting a, a person yeah. in your bottom five. Yeah, it's yeah, almost like you... I'm making the George pick worth four, which doesn't seem like... I'm going to take uh, Albon in my bottom five instead. Mm. And I'm going to put Russell on the three-pointer. Okay. Okay. Three points it is. Okay. Sorry that took so long. Uh, Brady, you have a three-pointer? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach a little bit here because I want to have some excitement. Uh, I'm going to go double points finish for Arby's. Based on everybody talking out of testing, I think that's possible. It's possible. I mean, it's 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 plausible, but a double points finish that is kind of a stretch. I'll allow it, John. Hey, whatever. Let's go. <laughs> John's to the point where it's like, man, we've been recording this for an hour. I'm just ready to be done. No, I don't, I just don't have any. I don't have a good reason to say no to it. I mean. All right, John, do you have a three-pointer? I do have a three-pointer. I don't know if you're going to accept this, but I'm going to say Carlos Podium. Hmm. That doesn't feel like enough of a stretch because a lot of people are saying Ferrari the fastest car, or second fastest car. He's like, if that's true, then coin flip, he's got a 50-50 chance between him and Leclerc. Assuming... That Verstappen and Perez finish one two, which I don't know with the team orders and stuff, and the the deference to Leclerc. He's a hmm. lame duck this season. Like they're if they want somebody to win, it's going to be Charles, not Char- Charles Charles. We never Charles. remember that pronunciation thing. Yeah, his name is Charles. There's an S on there, and I'm not French or Monacan. Hmm. I'll throw it out there, and if you guys choose to deny it, then I'll, I'll allow it. Accept your denial and make something up about Ocon. Oh, okay. Maybe how about this? What if we say he has to finish in exactly third? Mm. Well, okay. So think about this. One, two, 
three. He had three podiums last year. So is it crazy enough to think that Carlos will finish on the podium in the first race? That sounds like a three-point shot. We're not talking about it. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think we're talking about a full court, you know, chuck it with uh, no time on the clock here. I'll I'll allow it. I like it. All right. All right. So we've got our picks. They're in. They're locked. So I've got George uh, not finishing the race. Signs on the podium for John and a double points for Arby's. The Yukis. Mm, I'm I'm sticking with Arby's. It's just so delicious. Well, the one thing I think we can all agree on is come Saturday afternoon, we'll all be sitting with our cups of coffee or Diet Mountain Dew or whatever we have in front of us and enjoying Chili. the Dutch national anthem, national anthem. Yeah. All right. Peace out, everyone. It was fun. We'll talk to you next week after this uh, Bahrain Grand Prix is all done.